Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to this episode of The Heart of Poker, sponsored by 8 at 8 Poker, a podcast that aims to introduce you and me to the players we already know so well, but in a very different way. This is not a strategy podcast. I found that in my interviews, the best questions were the ones that gave me a peek into the inner workings of people and who they are and why they are the way they are. For this podcast, I'm using a set of 36 questions broken into three parts. These questions were designed by psychologists almost 25 years ago to try to see if they could get two strangers to fall in love over the course of a long conversation. The theory was that it could be a way to hack intimacy and fast track human connection. Now, I'm modifying the questions slightly as it is a very long list and some of them, they're not totally appropriate for what we're doing. But otherwise, these are the questions that they came up with to try to find a shortcut to intimacy. Let's see if I can get you, the listeners, to fall in love with my guest. And so today's guest may have retired from full-time professional poker playing, but her presence in the game made an intense impact, both through her ferocious gameplay with nearly 12 million in live tournament winnings and three World Series bracelets, and her take-no-shit attitude both at the table and off. And not only that, but she's a Yale-educated civil rights lawyer who takes this responsibility for change very seriously. And she's now working as a senior investment associate at a big firm in New York. So if you tend to feel nervous around highly successful and intelligent people, you really should try not to interview Vanessa Selves, but I'm going to give it a go. So thanks for doing the podcast, Vanessa. Thank you, Kara. Uh, how's it going? Glad to be here. Yeah, it's going pretty well. I mean, we both kind of have a similar experience over the last couple of years with New Parenthood, so I'm sure that'll come yeah. up as well. Has that, wait, does that take time or, you know, any, any of your mental, you know, workload? I, I, uh, you know, it's totally a breeze, right? Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, yeah. oh, it's so easy. Seriously. I mean, come on, parented. People make a big deal out of it, but it's not that hard. I could do like four or five more of these things. <laughs> oh, man, I can't even joke about that. I am so tired right now. You know, we have another one on the way, right? I do. Congratulations. Thank I you. didn't want to bring it up in case you didn't quite want to talk about it yet, but that's amazing. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to keep just let's just keep popping them out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm absolutely terrified. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh man! But uh, I always wanted to. We always wanted to. So you know, it is what it is. We kind of got to. You kind of got to go through it. I'm hoping. You know, I'm hoping it's just a few years of of really tough stuff, and then it, it's fun though. It's so much fun. Well, uh, you know. yeah, I read something um, before we got pregnant about how the first two years of your first child's life is like the lowest satisfaction that couples and people have in their lives. I mean, it's wild. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. It's like you don't have your life anymore. I mean, literally, my life is just dictated by this like tiny tyrant and his schedule. And like, whatever he demands, I'm just there to like provide it for him. But otherwise, like, I'm not my own person. So I look forward to like getting some of that back for sure at some point, theoretically. Yeah. I think I'm like six months ahead of you with the first child. So we're starting to see that. And it's, it's actually like, intoxicating how amazing it feels where we're like oh we're gonna go out and just have a hamburger together I mean just the two of us and you know someone's oh gonna watch God. the kid and she's not gonna freak out at home and oh it's gonna be nice and yeah yeah and I'm starting the podcast and that kind of makes me feel like a yeah. real person again so nice. yeah it helps that's awesome that's awesome so you've done about a million poker interviews, but this one's going to be a bit different. So are you aware of the 36 questions to fall in love study that I'm talking about? I'm not. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even breathe a word of one of them to me before we started. So I'm going in blind. 
wow, you didn't even look it up or anything. I'm so impressed. No, that's no. really good. No. Uh, is there any kind of um, trepidation about exposing a more personal side of yourself? No, you know, a funny thing is I'm like, I'm actually like pretty, uh, like, I kind of am a little bit of an open book. Like, I don't really, I don't really get nervous about sharing personal stuff. It's, it's funny because I'm, I'm kind of like, I keep to myself more sometimes when I'm playing and whatever. And so people might not know that about me, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we all have our good qualities, our bad qualities, you know, our whatever flaws and things like that. And, you know, I'm a New Yorker, I'm in, you know, eight different kinds of therapy. So I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> sharing, you know, whatever of those I need to, but uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Let's oh, I'm team therapy. So I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I live in Europe. People think I am properly nuts for it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it starts out pretty easy. Honestly, the first set of questions, um, there's three sets. The first set is pretty basic. The first one is, what did you want to be growing up? But you've already had so many different careers in your, I mean, pretty short life already. So was there something that you wanted to do as a kid that you haven't pursued? Yeah. Well, I mean, I still wonder what I want to be growing up and I wonder if I'll ever figure it out. You know, that's the thing. I think we're a lot of us that are, you know, kind of always striving to be really great at something, you know, kind of get bored easily. And I don't know, it's like a little bit of an ADD thing or something, yeah. but I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I actually left the job that you mentioned. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm waiting to go into another one, but um, that was more just for a location. Uh, I, I didn't like the, the, the where the firm was but I actually like the profession but I don't know if I'll stay there so you know anyway to, to mm -hmm. answer your question I always wanted to be a lawyer but only because like that's what everybody I knew was so I didn't really you know and people it's so cliche they're like oh you like to argue you like to make arguments <laughs> and I was like yeah I like to make arguments but I actually hated being an actual lawyer because I did it for like a year and change and I have to say there's so much inefficiency it's like you know, just mm. like writing motions and like knowing that it's all like kind of crap and like objecting to something, you know, is going to get overruled and like just, you know, 90% of yeah. your job is just writing stuff that doesn't matter. And mm -hmm. so I'm just far too impatient for that. So I was like, they really, you know, it's funny because if, you know, a lot of times when you're younger, you think you want a job that matches your ideals. And for me, law made the most sense in terms of getting structural change and whatever. I mean, it's one avenue to do that, mm -hmm. but um, but I think actually, you know, finding jobs that are more suited for your temperament might, might be a, a better, a better path. So, you know, in finance, it's like, I don't necessarily care about the end goal of like making money or whatever, uh, in the world, but I, but I think it's so fun to solve problems and like efficiency is just so highly valued there that like, it's really fun because people are kind of like no nonsense. They just want to like solve really cool problems and like move on to the next thing. And that's just like a really fun kind of environment for me to be in. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's funny because my family, I had a lot of people who worked in education. And so I always assumed I was going to be a teacher growing up. I went to school, I became a teacher, and I worked in education in England for years. And the same thing, it's like it didn't suit my temperament at all. Like it was just a nightmare. And you kind of have to find out. I don't know. I'm, I'm still figuring it out too. So I understand yeah, that. for sure. <laughs> okay. So this is one of the questions that I updated to make it a bit more now. You know, what skills do you have that would make you valuable in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, shoot. I would be so dead. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I can like problem solve. Like, like the thing is, I'm in like the worst shape of my life now, right now. So I'm like, you know, I mean like whatever, I'm pregnant. So I guess that's like fair to say, yeah. but, but like, I, like, I really would just like, if it's a physical challenge, it would be really bad. I think, but if it was like, if, if there was like a room that I could like stay in the room and like solve, 
you know, complex puzzles. Like if it was a zombie apocalypse, but it was like a game show version where, you know, you had, <laughs> you had to like basically like decode the thing or whatever to get your team out of the thing, you know, then like I would be yeah. good at that. But um, like, I don't know how to fix things. I'm so not handy. Like I, it would be really bad. Kara, you don't want me. No way. So you're not handy at all? No. It's always surprising to me. No. So when things break, what do you guys do? Like uh, your wife takes care of it? it, No. Come on. I'm more handy than her. (laughs) Like that's a low bar. That's a low bar. No. um, No, no, no. We we, uh, we call – actually, the the truth of the matter is we call her very butch ex-girlfriend. Perfect. And she she, now he actually fixes it. So That's good. Yeah. yeah, usually it falls on me, so <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Giovanni if he has any exes that are really handy with tools, because yeah. I could use a hand. <laughs> but it's actually funny, because like it'll be like the littlest thing. I can fix like small things, and the littlest thing will break, and Rand, I'll be like, I'll go fix it, and Rand will be like, no, let's just wait for Jamie to come. Jamie doesn't even live anywhere close <laughs> to us. He'll be like, let's wait two months for Jamie to visit to fix like you know the like unscrewed pipe or something. And I'm just like, I could screw uh yeah, it does my head in having to live in a house sometimes with things just like really small things that could be reconnected easily or light bulbs that could be changed. Yeah, yeah I just I can't wait for that. There's no chance. <laughs> All right. Next question. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? And I'm going to guess bath time because I've seen some Instagrams where you <sighs> and Miranda sing to your son. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's the last. We had bath time last night, but I, I'm pretty sure I sung to him this morning because a lot of his nice. books have have songs in them and stuff. But yeah, every, every night at bath we do, uh, we choose like every quarter, we choose three different songs for each night. So Monday, there'll be three songs, Tuesday, whatever. And, you know, we always, uh, have so much really fun. We all, we both sing to him and we'll have friends come in and do guest appearances. You're welcome. Anytime you're passing through, we always use some, <laughs> some extra voices. Nice. Nice. I could do a little bit of four non blondes. I found out like nice. weirdly, really super early that for Ella's first vaccination, if I sang that, <laughs> she would not nice. cry. And the doctor joined in and everything. It was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, singing to babies, they love it. It's the best. Yeah, they're a really good audience. They have absolutely no idea what things are supposed to sound like. So like right. you could do whatever you want. <laughs> Although there were a few times I'm a really bad singer and Felix would definitely like put his hand over my mouth a oh. few times. And I'm like, all right, that's a sign. I've actually gotten a no mama from her. So yeah, yeah, it's not (laughs) good. (laughs) Okay, getting a little bit tougher with the questions now. This one, if you were able to live to the age of 90 and you could keep either the body or the mind of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which one would you pick? Oh. Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, I guess I'd have to go with body. Yeah. Because things just start to hurt. I'm only 35. Like, I'm not that far past 30, <laughs> and things are already starting to hurt. I mean, my mind is deteriorating, too. Trust me, it's not a good – it's it's not it's not like a, a – I you know, I like both, but I feel like <laughs> – I feel like just uh, being able to, like, move physically and stuff like that is, yeah. is better. I don't know. I feel like most people would probably choose mine, though. Choose mine. Yeah, a lot of people have, actually. A lot of yeah. people have. I don't know. I feel like – I feel like I'd choose body, though, because – my mind is going as well, but I'm kind of okay with that to a certain extent. I'm, you know, trying to be embracing of the fact that I can't remember anything. And yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. People expect less of you. If, if like they knew you had a mind of a 30 year old when you were you like know. 70, they wouldn't, you know, you couldn't get away with saying really inappropriate things. You know, when like yeah. old people say stuff and they're just like, oh, that's just the old person saying something. Like, I want to be that old person, you know? I feel like I'm that 30. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it's like, I'm, I'm but that now. now, but it's not acceptable. So, like, <laughs> you know, don't, don't deprive me of the opportunity for that to be socially acceptable. Okay, you did really well for the first set. We're going to move on to the second set now. They get a little bit more personal, but we're going to leave the really big stuff for the end. This one says, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Um, yeah, oh. It's a hard one because a lot of people don't want to look into the right. future. I think I would just, I, I don't want to really look into the future that much. I'd rather have it be a surprise. I would like to know, well, it's a weird thing, right? Like if there's like knowing, there's like the thing where you know what like diseases you're like, pred like you're, you're more likely to get and then you could like do something about it. But if it's like knowing what if ultimately happens and it's not really helpful because you can't prevent it. So if that's the question, then I don't think I would want to know, actually. I think that takes the fun out of it. Yeah. And I think it'd be too stressful as well. Like as yeah. you kind of close down the clock on whatever was going to happen, your enjoyment of life would go down. I mean, I would assume. Totally. I mean, so much, so much of like when you're going through rough patches and like boredom or just like whatever, if, if like a, a time in your life is stressful, so much of it is like hope and excitement about the future. And if you don't have that, then I feel like you would be losing like a, a huge element of what keeps us kind of sane and happy. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, I've always had kind of a weird fixation since I was a really small kid on like the apocalypse. I remember because I'm 44, I'm going to be 45 this year. So I'm a little bit older than you. And I went through a couple more wars and like right. some nuclear uh -huh. scares and all of that. I was just fixated on the idea of nuclear fallout and apocalypse and how I would survive. And it kind of did linger with me a bit through my adulthood as well. The idea of like Mad Max, there's no water. I still worry about these things, but now I have a kid and I, I know I have right. to be more optimistic yeah. and it's hard, but I have to figure it out. Right. I mean, but also, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's really hard because especially like the way things are going in our world right now, it's like, but you know, the, the flip side, the converse of that is like, what if you knew what was going to mm -hmm. happen, whether, you know, our like world would go back to just like democratic institutions and everything was fine huh. or just like, it was going to all burn down in 15 years, like from, you know, all the government stuff and climate change and everything. But like, if you knew that, but you were the only person that knew that because you had a magic crystal ball, like no one would believe you. Like that would almost be more frustrating in some ways, I feel like. Cause, cause like what, what power do you have as an individual to actually, who's going to listen to you? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you're gonna be like, Oh, I went to my magic crystal ball. Just like, okay. Like you're like the like 20, hundred thousand person on Twitter, like whatever, 200,000 yeah. person on Twitter to say that because like everyone's just, you know, saying that they have that. So it'd be like so frustrating. I feel like that it, it would be almost worse. Yeah. You'd be like the person saying, well, there's a meteor coming and the meteor right. is going to bring in this spaceship that, you know, I mean, it could be that and no one's ever going to listen to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That'd be awful. All right. Next question. Is there something you've dreamed about doing for a long time, but have not yet done? Do you have any bucket list items? Yeah, like kind of, but I, I don't know if I'll actually do them. Like for a long time, I wanted to like write like a comedy script, mm -hmm. but like I'm not making like that was like kind of a dream of mine in college, like a, you know, like a comedy 
movie or something like that or TV show, but I, I'm not like taking any act. I wouldn't say it's a bucket list item or as I could, you know, maybe one day I would go that direction, but I, you know, I'm not actually like trying to make any steps to get there, but, um, that was always one thing. I don't, you know, Oh, Oh yeah. One thing. And also now, yes, actually this is a more potential, was like I was going to try to get some sort of a professional tennis point in the point rating systems, whether it's like ITF or like WTA or something like that. I was going to try to get a point, which like, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, that was it seemed more reasonable like five years ago. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I could get back there maybe. We'll yeah, see. you could. I mean, I'm in some you of know. the best like shape of my life, and I mean, I'm older than you, and I had a baby too. I think you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's really inspiring. What What is your bucket list item? I don't really have many. Um, I would really like to write a book, but I mean, I also know that I don't have what it takes right now to do that. Just kind of like emotionally to do all the revisions and be brutally honest about things and take a yeah. massive amount of criticism for a year while writing. I just, yeah. So as much as bucket lists, I'm not sure because I would actually right. yeah. do it otherwise, I guess. And I'm not doing it, but there's not much out there actually. I would like to take a holiday by myself. That's something I've always oh. wanted to do. And I yeah. mean, although I travel a lot all the time by myself for work and I've never taken a, like a holiday, go somewhere hot, sit on a sun lounge or read a book for a week all by myself. And I always wanted to do it. And I actually had it planned a really long time ago. And my partner, the guy I was with at the time, um, when I explained that I was about to do this, he got really upset with me. And he told me that it was just not what people did. I mean, this is like 15 or 20 years ago. Um, and it's just not what people did. So, uh, it was going to look really bad if I went by myself. And I remember just like, I mean, it didn't last, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, I still kind of want to do that. No, it sounds very appealing. Go somewhere quiet by myself. Yeah. I know it's not exciting, but yeah, I kind of no, feel it like it sounds that. very appealing. So what's the greatest accomplishment in your life? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of a big question. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, it seems like selfish. It could be like, oh, like this kid and be all cliche. But like, that's, I don't, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe like, I, you know, I, I, I accomplished some things in poker. Felt pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun. Um, you know, probably my poker career to this point, I would say it was like the thing that I did the best at, uh, for the time that I was trying to do it. And then we'll see, you know, I'm open to, so that's, yeah. that, that's probably my answer for now. Yeah. Well, you're only 35. You've got a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you value most in a friendship? Is there something that your friends tend to have in common or like some trait they usually share? Yeah. Um, I would say just like an, an eat, most of my like really good friends are like funny, but also just like really open, honest, caring, and like really just good people, like very ethical, strong sense of self, like very, um, like care, like just, just, I don't know, just like my kind of people, like really good. Like I can like trust them. I would never, you know, I, I would just never question their motives on anything or their, uh, kind of like their, their, propensity to do the right thing in a given situation or, or whatever. Um, so like, that's like the, the like must have quality. And then, you know, just, yeah, being like really smart, really funny, really motivated, interesting people, I would say. Do you tend to make friends easily or are your friends mostly from like 
growing up and people that have yeah. been around for a long time? You know, it's so much harder when you're an adult. Like I, when I was a kid, yeah. I definitely made friends, not even a kid, but like in my early uh, life, I, I made friends a lot more easily. I would say, um, like I kind of now, you know, it's just hard when you have kids. It's like to yeah. put in the time to like, to, you know, to, like, and with other people, like having their families, I think it's harder to put in the time to like make new friends and have them be really solid friendships. Like kind of the, what that means mm. in terms of how much of a commitment that would be. So my, I, the people I consider my closest friends are definitely from like different eras in my life. Like a couple of people from law school, a couple from college, from living in New York, from, you know, whatever, just like mm-hmm. different places, you know? Um, have you made like mom friends as well? Yeah. Not, not as much like, um, i I mean a few, a few definitely like, but you know, it, it's funny because we live in, a, in park slope. It's like, everybody has kids, like everybody. It, it's like the baby capital of the world basically. So there's no shortage of people. So you can, it's almost like in, so it, in being in that kind of environment, you can be picky and like, and, and, Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to make friends that are moms just for the sake of it. Like we're looking for people that we would be friends with anyway that happen to have little kids. And so it takes longer to like, kind of, if you're, when you're like trying to be like picky almost, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because I don't know, like I, I do think ultimately it's, it's so much easier when you have, right. When you're like have mom friends and you're like, you know, can take your kids to the same activities and all that. But I don't know. I feel like it's easy to get stuck in kind of, hanging out with the people that, you know, your friends, uh, I, I don't know. I have this, I guess I just like, am, have this like negative association with people in like small towns or like a town where I grew <laughs> up where you're just like friends with the people that your kids are like friends with parents and you don't really like, I don't know. They're not like very fulfilling relationships, I guess. So I'm not kind of, uh, but we've, but, but we're definitely like, you know, the, I feel like the first year of having a kid is just like trying not to drown and like, you know, whatever. And now we're like kind of coming up for air and like, Oh yeah. Like we should go, you know, meet some people. So we went on a few, like, you know, fr- like, you know, double date, like whatever, yeah. play, play dates, I guess. <laughs> like whatever you want to call them, you know, with like people that my friends will set me up with like, Oh, this couple is really awesome. You'd love them. And like, they have a kid the same age. So we've been doing that a little bit more and with some success. So that's been, that's been really nice. But like I said, I mean, I, I feel like it takes so much time that you put in, but you know, when you're an adult and so it's, it's definitely harder. It's a shame. I'm actually reading this book right now about how like the neuroscience of connection mm-hmm. and about how so much of our like emotions and, and, uh, just the way that we interact with the world is shaped by our hu- human connection essentially. And when, you know, as adults, we tend to do less and less of that. And it really, um, it kind of weakens those like neural pathways and those abilities and, and, and makes us kind of more, irritable in some ways and more anxious and more all of those like kind of negative emotions that we feel a lot of times are just because of the lack of connection that we're experiencing anyway that's a lot yeah yeah that's really interesting actually I find that when I'm working obviously at the world series or whatever there's just so many people around and I have so many interactions even if they're you know quite superficial obviously I'm just exhausted by the end of it and I find it more difficult to find the energy to make the more meaningful connections so for me, that's been kind of like the bigger challenge, especially with having, you know, a kid as well, constant yeah. interaction with her all day. It's exhausting playing with toddlers. I mean, it's amazing and it's really fun, but it's also all day. I mean, it's a lot. So trying to find the energy for other connections, is a little more difficult. I know, totally. Yeah, I've been like kind of a recluse, especially not having a job right now and like 
basically spent yeah it's it's bad though because you definitely need to even if you are like an introvert you still need that connection um to like recharge you um but anyway you know one day (laughs) okay the end of this uh second set of questions it's a little heavier this last question so if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly would you change anything about the way you're living right now oh my god yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay like everything i just i've been wasting a lot of time this this like past couple months like i've just been um you know, or just not even wasting time, but just spending a lot of time, like, do like, because I'm not working right now, I'm like doing things that I were like on my list of like, you know, you have to do these things, like mm-hmm. whatever, just like stupid adult things that, you know, like setting up like your infrastructure for your life kind of stuff. And, uh, I, you know, with regards to like finances and estate planning and just like Ugh. BS, that, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, where it's just like annoying and like it's on your list forever and you just never deal with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I would just not do any of that stuff. That's awful. It's been so boring. Um, <laughs> well, what would you do I would instead? Just, I would probably, I mean, it's hard because does Miranda just get to drop everything and like right. hang out with me? Like She's really busy. Uh, she's in social work school right now and she's just like busy all the time and just Felix like get to stop doing his stupid naps and all these things that <laughs> come here. Um, so it's hard. I mean, if they could come, we would like go travel and see all of our friends mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like around the, around the world really and whatever. But, um, but yeah, none of that is really realistic. I mean, honestly, what I should be doing is just spending less time doing this crap and getting out more and using this free time that I have productively. Um, I've been, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Should, before the baby comes. Right, I should probably do that even though no. I'm, I'm not going to die, hopefully. I, although I don't know. I didn't do the crystal ball, but I should probably do that anyway. Okay. So it's, just, it's good. It's good. All right. The last set of questions. Here we go. Um, the first one is, if uh, we were going to become close friends, you and I, what's something that would be important for me to know about you? Um, I... I'm very bad at communication in terms of <laughs> like responding to things. It's not an indication of how I feel about you uh, or mm-hmm. how much I care about you. I'm also going to forget a lot of things that you tell me and that's not personal at all. And, uh, and that is something that if you can get through that, I will be a very caring friend. To you. Yeah. It's funny. Um, one other person also used the, um, I may not get back to you right away, but I do still care. I just, you know, get overwhelmed. It's kind of a common feeling yeah. for a lot of people. And then, uh, mine is also, I mean, the same as yours. I also have this memory issue that has dogged me for most of my adult life yeah. and, and it does seem to be getting worse. And, you know, I have to tell people like, if we're going to be friends, just know if I forget a really important conversation that we had, I am so sorry. Like, it has nothing to do yeah. with how much I care about you or how much I was listening. I just, these kinds of things, they leave my brain. Um, yeah. I have a really hard time making long-term memories for some reason. I've got like an amazing short-term memory, which yeah. is how I do my job. But yeah. yeah. We've talked about this because we have the exact same thing. And and that's actually caused like, yeah, exactly. Like caused issues where friends have gotten really mad at me and actually stopping my friend because they're like, I can't believe you forgot this extremely not even that they were so confrontational about it. Like, you know, one time I actually had to confront a friend. She was so basically thought that I was just like the worst person ever because I had forgotten this extremely personal conversation that we had. And that led me mm. to not reach out about a particular thing. And so then she basically was like, you know, 
was so mad at me being past aggressive. And finally I was like, you have to talk to me about this. It was like a year later and this came up and I was like, I don't remember that at all. You know, um, that's really hard for people. And I get it. Like, because a lot of times it is just like a lack of caring or a lack of thought. And when you kind of have this issue, um, it's really hard. And so, you know, it's like, I've, I've tried workarounds and stuff like, but it's, nothing is you know you're never if you're you're not that friend that's like reaching out being like how was the blah 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 like what is you know what's going on with the x y and z thing we talked about like you know that's hard for people because it 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 feels like you don't care to them so yeah yeah you told me i think that writing things down sometimes is a really good idea and i was thinking about that and i was like oh, I know Vanessa told me a couple of things that she's been using, but I literally cannot find the conversation that we had because I don't remember where we had it. And I I don't remember much of the content. And, yeah. and so I was like, was it on Twitter? No, it wasn't on right, Twitter. Right, right. Um, was totally. it on Instagram DMs? And no. <laughs> so honestly, when you're done this, I'm going to have to ask you <laughs> yeah. if you remember where it was or like, because I want to read it again and remind myself of what we said. Right. No, totally. Yeah. Okay. Well, following on from that, uh, the next question, what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? <sighs> um, what, if anything, is too serious? I mean, anything that's like offensive to the person that's receiving it, I would say. Yeah. Is too serious to be joked about. Like, it really depends on your audience. Like, I don't know. I think, like, if you're a comedian making Holocaust jokes to a party of two and that party of two has told you they don't mind Holocaust jokes. Maybe that's okay. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I think it's all about the audience and, and, and that's the most important thing. Um, but like yeah. clearly offending people for the sake of humor just doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a tough question. I see both sides yeah. of the, of the, like people are too sensitive. Like there's no room for comedy versus like, why would you want to offend people? Like I see both sides. Like, you know, um, I'm strongly in favor of not offending people, uh, that have, especially that have experienced things that you can't understand the same time. Like there's a world out there that has, there are some factions of people that have gotten, in my opinion, overly sensitive to the point where it, you know, I think people are scared to, to kind of speak their mind and it's sort of, uh, stifling speech in some ways. And, and that's not good either. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think um, for like most things that there should ever be a hard and fast rule about it. But I think people should care about the impact. Like if people could actually care about the impact and I mean, some people just don't, they won't. So it's a hard thing to put out there. But if they could care about the impact, I think that would go a long way. Like the whole punching up, punching down thing. Are you making a joke at the expense of someone with less power or less voice than you? Like, then I think you're kind of a dick and (laughs) I think you shouldn't do that. But I also don't think you should be put in jail for it. I I mean, totally. I still think you shouldn't do it though. Right. No, no, totally. No, I think that for the most part, that's right. Um, I guess like that would have been my answer, like just like plainly my answer like a while ago. But uh, I guess I'm starting to acknowledge that, you know, some of the divisiveness that we're seeing in the world and stuff is like, I'm, I'm seeing the other side a little bit of, not the other side, one of the perspectives, which is just that, it is difficult when you're kind of in the like more powerful position to, if you don't understand kind of what is and is not kosher to like constantly feel like you're just being yelled at, like is, is really kind of, I see that that's difficult too. So it, I guess I feel for the people that do care 
that feel just overwhelmed by like, tr- like feeling like they can't do enough, you know? And I guess maybe that's a minority, but maybe I'm talking about a fringe issue because like the bigger issue is that like most people don't care, like you say, and like, yeah, you should definitely care. Like if you're making fun of people with less power than you or that are like less privileged than you, like that's not okay as like a general rule. And you should care about that thing. Like I'm on like the second or third level where I'm just like, man, it is tough where, you know, uh, like, I don't know where people are just have gotten, have taken it to a degree that I don't even agree with. So it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's people doing it ironically as well, which is annoying. Like, well, that's, I know I can see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Trolling. Yeah, that's just trolling. I can see what you're saying. I do. I think I probably don't spend as much time thinking about that side of things, but I can see what you're saying for sure. And, um, and I know for myself, something that I'm trying really hard to work on, um, but I'm not sure how I'm <laughs> how it's going uh, is to be less defensive. So if I do kind of get yelled at for putting out a wrong foot, um, then I can try to realize that maybe they're not actually yeah. yelling so loud and it just feels like it. Um, you know, although some people are yelling. That's totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know. I just I guess I'm like, you know, you have like recency bias and I'm reacting to like mostly I 100% agree with you or like 99% agree with you it's like the last thing that happened to me like in this kind of realm was like and this gets away from the joking thing the question now we're talking about different things but me like you know saying something negative about Elizabeth Warren or something like that and I was like called if someone was like going on a rant about how I'm such a misogynist and I'm just like oh my god like I literally said nothing about her like I like it I that's the stuff that's like exhausting you know it's just like it's become a first line of attack and so but um but like there's ridiculous amounts of misogyny in like the reason why elizabeth warren is not currently like leading uh the race basically like i'm a sanders supporter but i actually think that warren has like more general appeal like she's got a lot of great elements of sanders a lot of more of the centrist stuff that like the klobuchar or whatever like like she's more moderate than sanders which like other people want like you know like like she's got a really good mix and like she's freaking brilliant like she's so whip smart she's such a good person like i don't know i just feel like she's kind of got it all and i just like there's so much crazy crazy misogyny and the fact that she's not even in the in the in the top of the running right now and so yeah I agree with you but then obviously everyone is fallible so in order to criticize her when you do criticize her people can jump super fast and super hard exactly well that, that's the thing so I'm like here I am someone who has who was actually Warren was my candidate for a while I switched to Bernie but what I still have huge amounts of respect for Warren and here I am I criticize her and I'm called a misogynist and I'm like I'm like I, I like how imagine how everybody else feels that like actually might be a little bit of massage <laughs> you know i don't know i just it's it's just tough it's it's a it's a it's, yeah, a, it's a hard world. i gotta get off twitter yeah it's the real yeah. thing yeah. i gotta get off twitter you know what i kind of took a break and i'm definitely happier but i might be a bit dumber <laughs> i don't know i'm definitely less well informed <laughs> so i don't know it's a big trade-off okay next question have you ever been truly terrified this is like where the memory stuff I'm like, I'm trying to. Yeah, I know. I hear you. These yeah. are the tough questions for me because I'm like, don't have a lot of vivid memories. I'm, I I truly terrified. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a near death experience when I was a kid um, involving like being in a car that was like half off a cliff in France. Um, I was terrified then. Other than that. I don't think so. I've led a pretty, a pretty unterrifying life, I would say. That's good. Um, yeah. 
I mean, that's the thing. That's yeah. Huh. I I can't think of a time truly terrified in the in the sense. Yeah. Of, of the word that I that I how I would think about that. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what I've done in my life that I've been truly terrified so many times. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. So when did you last cry in front of someone else or by yourself? Oh my God, I'm crying so much these days. Like, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I bet. Hormones from pregnancy, <laughs> like no joke, man. I cry at the slightest thing. Seriously, that's not even a question. I don't know. It was probably a couple of days ago. It was probably just like something someone said that was like slightly offensive to me or something like that. I like literally, yeah. literally just anything will set me off these days. The hormones are a wild ride. I know. I, know. I, I would like this baby to be out of me. I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of pregnancy. Yeah. Tried it out. Tried it, out. it is fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Making yeah. doing it. But uh, we'll, we'll be happy when the baby's out. And then, yeah. and then there's like breastfeeding hormone. I don't even know. Oh, oh my just... goodness. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But I guess <sighs> it's an experience that you and your wife can like both have completely done now and right. share. It's funny, you know, the number of men that I've talked to, like in, in heterosexual relationships that are like, that's so cool that you and your wife like get to do this. Uh, like you both get to do it. Like I would totally do that if I could. And I'm just like, really? But, but like the men are saying that knowing full yeah. well that like they'll never, you know, like I didn't say that I would do that if I could. like the original plan was for her to carry both and then like circumstances changed. So I decided to do it. But I, I was never the person being like, I really wish we could both do it. Cause like <laughs> we could, and I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy thing to say when actually there's no chance that you're ever going to get called on to do it. <laughs> I know. God, it's so funny. So yeah. Funny. All right. Uh, next question. If you could change anything about the way that you were raised, what would it be? Oh man. Um, I just, you know, there's a lot of things in my, uh, you know, my parents were not, uh, um, they just like weren't the like warmest, like most emotionally like sensitive parents, I would say. Um, and so if they had like understood them, especially my mom, if she, she was very wonderful, wonderful woman, but just like kind of tough to connect with. And so, um, if she had kind of made more of an effort to do that or just learn better mechanisms, I think I would have sort of healthier patterns in that way, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people our age, your age, my age, have that same kind of comment. And it makes me wonder what our kids will have as a general thought. Like, you know, my parents were kind of too in my face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but totally. I kind of wonder because if, yeah, we make different mistakes than our parents do. Are you conscious as a parent of not making the same mistakes and which mistakes? Like, do you ever kind of feel a bit handcuffed a bit by it? Because I get a little nervous sometimes about what I'm doing. Yeah, totally. No, no, no. I mean, there's like... There's like three different kinds of mistakes. There's like the mistakes that I'm inevitably going to make because I'm not aware of them. There's the mistakes that like I'm trying to correct from my parents that I'm like failing at, and then there's like, and and then there you know there's the ones that I'm like doing better at. But then you know even I even notice like even some of the things that I said like I would never do, you know, I find myself <laughs> like. Um, you know, like, even if I'm like, I, you know, when I'm like, oh, my mom didn't pay enough attention to me or whatever, but then I'll be with him and I'm like checking my phone sometimes. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Mm. You know, it's just like, I could just not do that ever. And I'm doing it like far less than, you know, well, my mom didn't check her phone, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but like I'm doing it far yeah. less, 
but at the same time, it's just like, who's to say what the right amount is. So those are the mistakes I am aware of, but then there's like a whole, obviously a huge amount of other ones that are like, yeah, for sure. You know, whatever. We're all just going to mess up our kids and you know, it's yeah, I, therapy. I there's a generation that hasn't done it. So <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, there is always therapy. So exactly. Exactly. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. There you go. Got to keep my business. Yeah. My, my, my wife's training to become a therapist right now. So if we, if we stop messing up our kids, we're, I, I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> the, the consequences of my family and our economic situation will be very yeah, disastrous. happy world. But I mean, you're going to bring home the money. Exactly. Everyone go mess up your kids. Exactly. You know what? This is going really well. And there's only one question left. And I'm kind of feeling like I want to go back and find some more, but I'm not going to do that to you. Um, The last question. And again, it's a little on the heavier side, obviously. Uh, If you were going to die tonight, is there anything you would regret not having said yet? Oh, man. I feel like I say most of the things I want to say now. I feel like I'm pretty good about that. But um, I would regret yeah. all the things that I don't get the chance to say in the future to my kid. I don't know if that's like a cheating answer, but. Oh, that's right. right. I mean, I, yeah, right. Like I regret not having the opportunity to have said thing. Like <clears throat> my biggest regret I would say about is my mom died when I was really young hmm. and, uh, no, like I've turned into a spinning image of her in a lot of hmm. ways, in most ways actually. And so I regret not having the chance to ha- have a relationship with her. But yeah, I mean, it's a weird question. I would regret a lot of things, but not saying a thing. Like, I feel like I say a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't lack for, for saying the thing. Sometimes it's a regret. Not saying a thing would be a better, right. (laughs) A better question for me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like your answer. Well, you've said some pretty good things here. I mean, I would for sure regret not not, yeah. not having that relationship with, with him. I mean, that's the thing. Once you become a parent, you realize just how, like, you know, how sad an idea of, like, leaving your kids behind would be. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, there are a lot of amazing people in the world. And I mean, I don't think I'm some kind of superhuman at all. I just, aside from her father, I don't think anybody else would be able to, like, guide her and raise her and help her get through yeah. life in the way that I will. I think that's, that's absolutely right. So I would just, uh, <laughs> I would, I mean, I don't know if ghosts are real or not, but I would find a way I would like haunt the hell out of whoever was taking care of her because yeah, there's too much that I want to see. And yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you, makes me conscious anyways of my health and making sure that uh, I want to make sure that I'm here and I'm older as a mom as well. So I've got to make sure that I stay healthy so that she can have my annoying advice for a very, very long time. (laughs) Sure she will. Yeah. All right. Well, normally at the end of the 36 questions, the two people are meant to stare into each other's eyes for a very long time to properly clinch the love vibes. But I mean, obviously it's an audio podcast. We're not going to do that. I'll pull up a picture of you. (laughs) And <laughs> me too. I'll yeah, prolonged eye contact makes me a bit nervous, though, to be honest. So I'm glad this is an audio <laughs> podcast. Totally. <laughs> well, now that we're all done, how was it? Was it like any interview you've done before? Was it? How was it for yeah, you? Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I I just like talking to you. So any excuse to any excuse to do that. Hey, for me too. And if I can figure out where we were having that conversation we talked about before, <laughs> I will go back to it. I certainly don't remember. <laughs> because now I remember what we were talking about. No, I was probably on Twitter. It was probably on Twitter. You're so right, you're right. Check our DMs. <laughs> 
Okay, all right. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you to everyone listening. I hope you've seen or heard a side of Vanessa that you did not expect and you haven't heard anywhere else. Thank you so much for being here with me, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. And I will catch all of you next time on The Heart of Poker. All right. Thanks, Karen.